Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Home podcast, where, as you know, I say and continue to say, home is more than just these sticks and the bricks that you live in. And today's going to be a short episode, partially out of necessity and partially just because things that have happened this week have kind of made me decide that this is an episode I need to do. So it's going to be short, hopefully sweet. I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure it out as we go. Recently, as more and more people have been listening to the podcast, it's come up in more and more conversations with people I know or family gatherings or just when I'm hanging out with friends, somebody will bring it up. Another friend will say, oh, you have a podcast. What's your podcast about? And of course, that's the point. Like, I'm excited that people are starting to listen to it more and starting to interact with it and talk to me about it because that's important for me. Like, the engagement is, is important for me. Speaking of, when I went to Cancer Bites, I, I ran into somebody and they made a comment. They were sitting in the row in front of me about how they had heard me talk a lot. And I, I, I feel like a jerk because I can't quite place where I know them from. And so I'm kind of hoping just so I don't feel like such a jerk that that person actually is podcast listener and not an old, old friend that I have forgotten what their face looks like. So if that was you that was sitting in front of me at Bruvies at the Cancer Bites event, you need to email me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com and tell me what a jerk I am. Because I, I go back to that interaction. I'm like, I don't know that I handled that quite the way that I wanted to. So anyhow, if that was you, give me a shout. We'll call that now. But what it's brought up is I, as I've talked about this and these different people have, have been contacting me and asking me questions about the podcast, the most common question I get, and it's mostly from people who don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but they ask me, what's the point? They'll ask me, what's the purpose? Why do I do the podcast? What do I talk about? Why do it at all? What's in it? Why would somebody want to listen to it? I mean, that's really the question they're asking, isn't it? Is why would somebody take the time to listen to me talk for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, take that much time out of their life to listen to me pontificate about whatever it might be. And the more I've had, I've I've had to answer that question at least five or six times just in the last week and a half. And the more I've had to answer that question, the more focused my answer gets. As you'll find, as I explain this, you should have heard the first time because it's still not quite where I want it. But I I think I've got the emotional feel of it and the emotional feel of what it is that I'm trying to accomplish here. Obviously, there's an attention factor. Anybody who starts a blog or a podcast or a vlog or something, they're, they're looking for interaction with other people, right? And of course, that's what I'm looking for. Like I want to interact. I want to talk to more people. Doing these interviews has filled a uh, conversation bucket for me in a way that I haven't had it like filled before because... I've been self-employed for so long. Like I've been doing real estate in some form or another since 2003. And that's 13 years of me being self-employed. And I haven't often had co-workers. And that's kind of a strange place to be. Because so much of our life, if you really look at it, it's like so much of your interactions with other humans occurs because of where you work. And on one hand, it led to a, like a, a really fantastic relationship with Tia... Uh, I mean, we've been married 15, almost 16 years now, and and she still likes me, she says. <laughs> and But I, I, I'm a talker. You know, one of the things I used to say is, like, my dream job is just to get paid to talk. But not, like, stand up in front of people and give speeches, as much as I love doing that. 
but to sit and have conversations in these interviews. Why I'm always hungry for people to interview on the show isn't because there's a dearth of people to talk to. There's plenty of people I I have lined up ready to talk to. I just always want to have more because I love those conversations so much. Because those conversations lead to the whole point of the podcast. At the beginning of the show, I always say that home is more than just the sticks and the bricks that you live in. And that's a big concept to unpack. And it's something I put together in terms of how I wanted to explain to people when they were looking for a new home or looking for their first home about what it meant. Because expectations are a really big deal. And when you're trying to buy a house, you tend to have higher expectations than budget allows. It's just usually what happens. Um, almost regardless of what your budget is. To me, though, it didn't have as much to do with features in a house. It had more to do with feel. And it brought me all the way back around to a story my dad used to tell. My dad was a piano salesman for a good portion of his life. Now, I'm six of seven children. Being a piano salesman, even when you're really good at it, isn't horrifically lucrative. But my dad was good at it. And he was good at it for a couple of reasons. One, he was an excellent piano player. But two, he had a process. And my dad sold more pianos than most people because of this process. So I want you to imagine with me that you're walking into a music store just out of curiosity. Now, the first person to come talk to you is going to be the salesperson. So my dad, being that salesperson, would walk up, give the opening high, how can I help you? What are you looking for? And your automatic response as the customer is, I'm good just looking. And my dad didn't press the issue after that. But what he would do is he would go away from you and he would sit down at a piano and he would begin to play. This was remarkable in a number of ways. One, my dad was a big man. When I say he was a big man, he was six foot two and probably around 300 pounds most of my life. Um, If I'm wrong, my siblings can correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's right in the pocket of, of how I see and remember my dad. And so he didn't have like long, graceful fingers. He just had these big man hands, but my dad loved to play the piano. And so he would go and he would sit down at the piano and he'd begin to play. One of his favorite things to play was a piece of music from a silent film, Ben-Hur, The Chariot Race. And it's this great big piece of music with this like fanfare and just very fast-paced piano playing, this incredible piece of music. And he would just sit and play. Well, when somebody's playing something that well, and my dad was an excellent pianist, when somebody plays something that well, it does draw people in. So these same people who had blown him off not three minutes before were drawn back over to where he was at. And as they sat and watched him play and saw this man who didn't look like a concert pianist playing at such a high level, a switch flipped for them, and, and they would realize that's why they were there. They wanted that in their home. And so that was the the foot in the door. And as my dad would talk to people, he had this phrase he always said. And the phrase he always said was, I just don't think a house is a home unless there's a piano in it. Now, if you're like me, and even like music a little bit, you can feel that. I mean, especially here in Utah, where it seems like everybody has to learn piano at some point, you can feel the emotional 
pull of that statement. If you don't have a piano in your home, maybe now you're looking around and wondering what, where I do need a piano. And that was, that was the power of home. And that's what I thought of as I was helping people try to, try to find a house to buy. It became less about finding the right house and more about helping them find home. That's where the name of the podcast comes from. And when I say home is more than the sticks and the bricks that you live in, I mean that sometimes the data points don't matter. Your square footage and your style of home, all of these things are just sort of things you want. But the thing you need is a feel. And you want to feel safe. And you want to feel like like Superman in his fortress of solitude. You're able to come to this place and exist and be safe. I sometimes put it this way when I'm talking to clients who are looking for a new home. I, especially clients who are currently have fallen out of love with their current home. We're going to go look at houses. I tell them this. I say, we're going to go look at houses. And we're going to look at as many houses as it takes for you to feel the right house. Because the thing I want, and the way I describe it, I say the thing I want is for when you're driving home from work to be excited to get to your home and not to have you think, oh, hell, not there again. Because we get that place with our, with our residences sometimes. Like that boyfriend or girlfriend you had in high school that you just can't seem to break up with, even though you don't really like each other anymore. Sometimes our, our living situation gets that way. And my goal is to help people find home. And seeing as I work in Utah, and, and home is here, and, and maybe that's just an accident of geography. Maybe that's just an accident of geography. I don't know. However, having lived here for a while, home starts like inside my four walls, but it radiates out. And the conversation about Utah that I like to have is about how, and I think I said this when I was interviewing the guys on Love True, so that would have been back on episodes 14 and 15, I think. From the 10,000-foot view, Utah looks super homogenous. Everybody looks the same. Everybody acts the same. Uh, the example I use is if, if you were hovering over Utah on a Sunday around just before 9 o'clock, you'd see a third of the people, it seems, all dress the same, get in their cars and drive to the building. And then they're there for three hours, and an hour before they leave, the next group of people comes, and they trade off. Right, And every Sunday, it looks like everybody's doing exactly the same thing, that we all dress the same and think the same and act the same. But that only exists from the 10,000-foot view. That only exists somewhere further away from the people who actually live here. And when you live here and you interact with all of the different people who live here, you start to find out just how different everybody is. You know, this isn't a question of Mormon versus non-Mormon. It's not a question versus politically conservative versus politically liberal. Because even inside of those camps, I don't want to call them camps, but inside of those groups, there's such a diversity of human experience and of people doing interesting things. But so often we start to pigeonhole everybody socially so that we can categorize them and judge them. But when we do that... We close ourselves off from a whole other experience. When we pigeonhole somebody and, and label them as, oh, there's, he's the liberal Mormon, or he's the 
conservative Catholic or whatever. You, when you start to label people, you start to remove yourself from the ability to experience these people, to experience their lives in a meaningful way. And that's the point of the podcast. The point of the podcast is to have the conversations to help people, help people living in Utah or people who are living outside of Utah and maybe wondering what it's actually like here, to know not just what I think about things. Granted, you're going to get plenty of those episodes too, but to know what it's actually like to live here. Not just for somebody who belongs to the prevailing political belief, not for just just for somebody who doesn't, not for just not for somebody who's who's just Mormon or somebody who's not, you know, trying to walk around that question of Mormons versus non-Mormons versus ex-Mormons. They, why is there a versus? There doesn't need to be, because at our core, we're all just human beings having a human experience moving through life the best we can. But that's the point. The point is to have conversations with people. And I, I may have brought this up in one of the first two episodes. It's It's been a while. Have conversations with people to show just what a cool place Utah is to live. Not just because of the great world-class hiking and, and national parks, but because of fantastic world-class people doing fantastic world-class things. I think of, of Luke Watkins, who does the, the gratitude video journal, and he's doing these challenges now. I think of Josh Oman and his comic company. Who would have known? I think back even to the Cancer Bites folks. Like, I've been to Cancer Bites a couple of times. But when we went this time, it was one of the biggest events they'd ever had. They, they filled the entire theater. They were at capacity. It was amazing. It was beautiful to see all these different people from different backgrounds coming together for the one purpose. I think of in the future of the people that I have on the docket to interview, people I've already interviewed. And it excites me because it lets me know. And it reminds me that Utah's a pretty damn cool place to live. And I sometimes make jokes about how if I could leave, I would, but work keeps me here. I'm not entirely sure that's true anymore. The more I interact with people on this show, the more I realize just what a fantastic place Utah is to live. So if somebody asks me, what's the point? That's the point. The point is to show people and to help people interact with something that tells a different story. And I'm, I want to tell that different story. And so this is a huge time commitment. I might have to shift to an every other week release schedule. We'll see. Pretty sure that's going to happen at least through the holidays here because work is really picked up and I've got this brokerage that I'm building and there's just a whole lot of stuff going on in my life. But this, I love doing this show and I'm going to keep doing this show. Even if only 20 of you ever listen to it. But that's the point, guys. That's really where we're at. I want to have these conversations. That's all I've got for today. If you would like to reach out to me, again, you can always find me at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com 
or you can just go to findinghomepodcast.com, use the contact form there to get in touch. You can also sign up for the monthly newsletter I send out. It's a paper newsletter, like back in the 50s, and it just sort of has my, my musings, and I, I just I write stories in it. It's not like a zine, though. Like Technically, it's a real estate newsletter, but you get about a paragraph of real estate stuff, and outside of that, it's just thoughts. People actually read the thing. It's, uh, it's surprising to me. So you can also sign up for the newsletter there. If you would like to be on the show, let's have the conversation. You can find me again at findinghomepodcast at gmail.com or just at findinghomepodcast.com through the contact form, which is also where you can find me if you need some help with anything real estate related. Outside of that, guys, keep on keeping on. I think next week is one of the interviews I did a while ago. It's been kind of a bear to edit. Uh, Kevin, you know who you are. And... Hopefully I can get it done in time for next week. But until then, I'm out. We'll talk to you next time.